You're listening to Randall Wallace Presents, formerly Bridging the Political Gap, the number one American history podcast of 2024 by Feedspot.com. When I become emperor, I might consider you a secretary of interior, but uh, that probably won't happen for a while. You have to understand that. <laughs> it's not my prerogative to answer to people that have nothing to do with it. That's you. I have nothing That's to do with you. It. These arguments have been made in Sports Illustrated, along with their bathing suit edition, had about as much merit. What about the readers of the paper? What paper? The Anchorage Daily News. What? The Anchorage Daily News. Oh, I didn't know many people read that paper. Uh-huh. The Staff Sergeant Joseph D. Augustine, Post Office Building. Staff Sergeant uh, D'Augustine was killed on March 27, 2012. I'm running for office. And uh, you don't think you And I really think I've done a pretty good job. If you want to get, vote against hiring employees who were laid off, if you want to eliminate unemployment benefits, retention of layoff and vacation benefits, cut off severance pay, if you don't want retraining and relocation assistance, then you vote against the Young Amendment. Can you give us some specifics? No. Though? Most of the time they have their heads in the tundra. What's wrong with that? If, you, if there's no loss, if there's nothing lost, then it doesn't kick in. I don't know what changes you're talking about. I don't know what changes you're talking about, and I'm not going to discuss those changes. Uh, now, my point is, now, that's remember the no more clause. If you have any other questions along those lines, just forget it. Okay, I do have some more questions. Uh, <laughs> Where are my good friends on that side of the aisle? Where are you? <laughs> you know how my double-A personality really gets frustrated sometimes, <laughs> but that's all right. The alligators and the ducks and the the cranes, 500-year-old trees, beautiful streams. My my, my father had a ranch. We used to hire 50 to 60 wetbacks and uh, pick tomatoes. You know, it takes two people to pick the same tomatoes now. Think about, do you really feel good inside about this? Rice is a university. Well, okay, I know you went to Yuba College. Anything I want to call you sit in that chair. You Pardon? That you just be quiet. So I'm a energy proof. I'm sure he is thrilled with that. <laughs> you why? be quiet. I've uh, won one race by uh, 43 percent. If you remember, you probably don't remember. So I remember. You. Hey, you're such an old. As Alaskans, you know we've been under attack for many, many years, but it's got worse. We need to be a team together to make sure it doesn't happen anymore and regain some of the things we've lost. We can do that. Only we can do it together. We have a group now in Congress with Nancy Pelosi being the speaker. All these people want to do away with our rights to develop our land, to make sure we have opportunities and jobs. Our resource development is good for the nation. They want to stop that. We need your help. We need to be together to defeat those who do away with the state of Alaska. So together, we can fight this war and win. And that's what I want to do for you. I want to be part of your team, part of our team, a team that gets it done for Alaska. It's time to put the rumors to rest. I, Don Young, am running for re-election to continue serving you in Congress. If you like what you're doing and you're physically able to do it, then why would you want to retire? 
This idea of retirement has always been one I cannot understand why people retire when they like what they're doing. George Miller's gone. He's a dear friend of mine, but he's leaving. Henry Waxman's gone. I can go through the list of people who retired, and uh, I really don't know why they retired. My goal is to live to be 90 and serve until I serve 50 years. How's that sound? Not many have done that. This is the biggest office in, uh, of all the offices on the Hill. This is 25 yards long and 20 yards wide, and, and it's, like I say, the largest office in the Congress, and that's what you get when you, you serve a while in this body. You know. All right, so the bear. That's a big bear, big bear. I, I, cut, I strangle him with my bare hands. This is a strange business. Uh, real close friends are rare and far between. Um, good friends are often. Acquaintances are many. And our shelf life is very, very short. I had 3,000 hats at one time. I covered all the walls. So now we finally broke it down to just having Alaskan hats that come out. Every community up to every small town has a hat, so they bring them in here and show them off. No one does this by themselves. No one does it by themselves. Most ideas that come here came from someone else. Now, that's the key, because a lot of guys start thinking, look at me. Look what I've been able to do. After all, I am really important. I've been chosen. I doubt that. This totem pole is uh, 900 pounds. Um, this belonged to Ted Stevens, Senator Stevens, and lots of paraphernalia. You can collect a lot of, a lot of stuff. I don't know exactly what I'm going to do with it uh, when I finally leave, and, but in the meantime, I'm enjoying every moment of it. I like what I do, and I've always liked what I do. I believe what I do. I believe in my constituents. I am going to get the job done, and if I don't, I will leave. Not voluntarily. They'll get rid of me. Welcome back here to Live Now from Fox. We have some breaking news, some sad breaking news to report uh, at the moment. Uh, we're learning that the dean of the House, the oldest serving member uh, of the House of Representatives currently, Congressman Don Young, the Republican of Alaska, has died at the age of 88. We uh, have this tweet as well from Fox 5 in D.C. They say, breaking news, Don Young uh, has died. There's a picture of him right there. We're learning from Fox News Capitol Hill correspondent that Young died on Friday night at Los Angeles International Airport while he was on his way home back to his district, back to Alaska. He has served in Congress since he won a special election in 1973. He died due to unknown causes. A statement from Young's congressional office said, quote, it's with heavy hearts and deep sadness that we announce Congressman Don Young, the Dean of the House and the revered champion for Alaska, passed away today while traveling home to Alaska to be with the state and people that he loved. His beloved wife, Anne, was by his side. Young was 88 years old. He was currently serving out his 25th term and was running for a 26th this year. Along with his wife, he leaves behind two children. Well, Young won a special election back in 1973 to succeed the late Representative Nick Begich, the father of former Senator Mark Begich. The elder Begich perished in a plane crash, which also killed House Majority Leader Hale Boggs, the father of late journalist Cokie Roberts. 
Young was the dean of the House, the most senior member of either party, and he was the last House member to be elected, to have been elected, rather, in the 1970s. Last week, the United States Congress lost a one-of-a-kind colleague, and the state of Alaska lost an unbelievably devoted champion. Congressman Don Young, the dean of the House, was the longest-serving Republican in the history of that chamber. He arrived in 1973, and his fellow Alaskans rehired him to represent them every two years since. Over the decades, Congressman Young's leadership and advocacy had a literally transformative effect on his home state. He secured resources for Alaska's infrastructure and its people. I understand his office contains, with photographs of Don, with no fewer than 10 different presidents, each of whom had signed into law a bill that he had written. I got a picture of eight presidents up there. The one I try to hide is Jimmy Carter. He was the most incompetent of all presidents. Nice guy. Don't get me wrong, he just didn't know what the hell he was doing. He's down at the White House with Bill Clinton and um, trying to help him with some legislation. We had a vote. And I say, Mr. President, all due respects, I have to make the vote. He knows I'm getting an excuse from the president. So he wrote me a deal that says, Dear Mr. Speaker, please um, excuse Don from school. He was on a field trip in a foreign country. Don Young first moved to Alaska back in 1959, the same year it became our 49th state. He once explained his rationale like this. I can't stand heat, and I was working on a ranch, and I used to dream of someplace cold and no snakes and no poison oak. Well, Alaska sure delivered for Don, and starting with a mayoral election in 1964, he spent practically his entire adult life delivering for Alaska in return. Our late colleague across the rotunda wasn't just a legendary legislator and committee chairman, he was also a wildly unique character. Even after decades in public service, he remained every bit the former fisher, trapper, construction worker, gold miner, and tugboat captain. Um, this side has already made up his mind. And the, I call it garbage, Dr. Rice. It comes from a mouth. Dr. Dr. Brinkley, Rice is a university. Well, okay, I, I know you, you went Dr. to Rice, Cuba I'll call College. You anything I want to graduate. Call you sit in that chair. You Pardon? Understand? You just be quiet. Well, but you why? You be quiet. You don't own me. I, I pay your salary. You, I can tell you right now. The gentleman, the gentleman will suspend, and I'll remind, I'll remind members, and I'll remind I work witnesses. for the private sector. You work for the Mr. Brinkley. You are, you are invited here to testimony, and we look forward to your testimony. You got the time to, to say what was on your time. Within garbage the time and call me Mr. Rice. I needed to, per, I, I, I needed to correct the record. Mr. Mr. Brinkley. Okay. We see a lot of people here, and from time to time we make pas. Nobody is perfect here. But to interrupt breaks the comedy of what we're trying. We're going to have disagreements here. You've already seen that. You so call we, me we try, we Mr. Try to do Rice. That. From try to do that in a way that is civil. In the word Mr. Rice, Mr. Brinkley, I correct. You would do that if somebody Mr. said that to your name, too. Mr. Brinkley, I've been called a lot of things in my time. I wouldn't time. call you that. You're a good comment. Mr. Brinkley, do you want to continue sitting at this panel? Yes. Okay, then please follow the rules. Okay. What I'm suggesting, Mr. Young, Mr. Brinkley. Thank you. You say you've been up there. You've camped one time. Yes. 
How many people were on the, that ever visited the Arctic Wildlife Range last year? Not many. Not many. So we have, Probably sort, of a, we have sort of an elitist group are going up there. An elitist group. Oh. Now, I have been all over that area. I know you have. And I know what I'm talking about. The I Arctic Plain is really nothing. You say it's not the heart. It is not the that. heart. It is not the heart. It is part of the most deficit part of the area. And what hurts me the most is you sit there in the Rice University. When the people support drilling for their good and for the good of this nation, as a college professor in an ivory tower, you can go up there and camp and spend your time, and I hope you spend a lot of money. But the reality is this area should be drilled. I've been fighting this battle for 39 years. It was set aside for drilling, not by the oil companies, but by Henry uh, Scoop Jackson, by Ted Stevens, by the administration, because they knew the potential was there. And we did put the safeguards in there that the Congress have to vote on it. Now, you can go all the pontificators you want. That refuge is 19 million acres. 19 million acres. We're talking about less than 3,000 acres. Less than three, less, a little, it's like the, the hair on your head. You pull one hair, you're not going to miss it. And this country is starving itself because we're buying foreign oil. They say that we don't need the Arctic Wildlife Range is wrong. And I'm listening to the people that live there. Not the people who live 400 miles away. Not the people who live in Fairbanks. Not the people who say they represent a certain group when they do not. I'm not saying about that. I'm saying let's listen to the people that live there. 76% of Alaskans support it, and everybody that I know of on that coast, other than a small group of people, say it's the right thing to do because they know it can be done. It's 74 miles from the pipeline. 74 miles from the pipeline. Mr. Chairman, again, uh, thank you for your interruption. I made a mistake when I said Mr. Rice, because I heard the Rice University, and I can get in my mind. But like I say, when we're here, we're the ones that ask the questions. You answer the questions. And you may not work in the private sector. I do work. And by the way, I'm not asking you a question yet. No. You may not. And when you think about it a moment, you made a comment about me and why I'm really pissed right now is because you, in fact, said that I wasn't here. I was over in the flow of voting. I know you were. Okay, then don't mention my name. I was mentioning. I yield back the time. The Senate sends our prayers to Don's family, his staff, and his colleagues who miss him already. Mr. President, request that proceedings under the quorum call be dispensed with. We're not in a quorum call. Mr. President, Senator Sullivan and I are here this afternoon on the Senate floor, and we are here with heavy hearts. We're joined in the gallery by friends of Alaska, because last Friday our congressman, Congressman Don Young, the congressman for all Alaska and the dean of the House, who served our 49th state ably and faithfully for the last 49 years. Passed away as he was flying home, flying home to be with the people of Alaska, seated next to his wife, Anne. He passed peacefully and left this world. I'll be the longest-serving Republican in the history of the United States Congress. Uh, I replaced Joe Cannon, uh, which has uh, served a little less than 46 years, and uh, I'm on my 46th year, and on March 6th, I'll uh, exceed that. Uh, for Alaskans, it's part of history. 
Uh, it's along with the dean of the house. It's quite an honor and something I'm quite pleased with. I don't get paid anymore, but I do have the, uh, the respect of a lot of people because I've been here that long and been through nine presidents and over 2,000 members of Congress. Uh, I've passed numerous pieces of legislation, more than any other congressman. And it's just been a, a good career in the sense that I'm also, this week, was nominated as the number one legislator in the United States Congress. Uh, so that uh, is quite an honor. So I'm quite pleased to announce that for myself and for the state of Alaska because it's for you and by you that's made me successful in my career. So I thank you. There is no doubt, there is no doubt that Congressman Young lived a, a large and a full life. He was 88 years young and we always referred to him as young, not old. He accomplished an incredible amount across the many decades that he served Alaska and served his country, but that doesn't make the loss any less sudden or any less devastating, and it doesn't change the fact that we are now left with a hole the size of Alaska in our congressional delegation. Mr. President, we were a team. We were small but mighty. You've heard me on this floor talk about the last great race, the Iditarod. And no dog team, no dog team can make it without the leader. We all know that. But you got the swing dog and you got the wheel dog. And we've all kind of taken different points on that team. But it's always been with Don Young. I was home over the weekend. I spent the weekend there reflecting on Don Young's life and on his legacy. I had a chance to speak with, with his wife, Anne, over the phone. I talked with his daughters, Joni, who we know uh, well, and, and Don, sister. I never regretted anything I've ever done. And, uh... I always said God has given me a period of time to live, and uh, I've been rewarded by being uh, a father of two great kids and a grandfather of 14 kids and, uh, and two grand, great grandkids, and I've had two great wives, and I've been very fortunate that way. Talked to a lot of friends who shared some stories about our congressman. Um, many of those stories are probably not fit to print in the congressional record, but lots of reliving. Of the, of the life and times of, of Don Young's. But for those who didn't have the privilege of knowing Congressman Young, as so many Alaskans did, he, he was really, he was all of the things that have been written about, all of the things that have been said about him these past several days. He was all that and he was more. He was larger than life. We keep saying that, larger than life. He was colorful as colorful as they come. I shot all these animals but one, and it's this one here. It's a walrus, and I'm not allowed to shoot a walrus.
we go any further, I want you to see one thing right in front of you, and that's the bear. I probably get more visitors to this office because of that bear. I have two stories on this bear. One is a real story, and the other is a story I make up. And I came up over this little hill, and I see this bear standing there. And I'm saying, oh, shavings. And the bear says, oh, good, lunch. And he came up that hill. I've never seen him like it. He's full bore, going real straight. And I just went, oh, like that. And he ran over my arm, right over to my shoulder. And I grabbed him by the tail and yanked him and ran him the other way. And his guts froze. And that's how I killed him. That's for the kids. The real story is there was seven of them in a bunch. They came up on the bank, lay down in the uh, sunshine, and uh, I shot him. And everybody said, well, that's not very sporty. And I said, I had a little rifle, and that's a big bear. Uh, he could be tough. He could be gruff. He could be very feisty. He recalls an incident where fellow Republican Congressman Don Young got so angry with Boehner over Boehner's criticism of earmarks that Young held a 10-inch knife to Boehner's throat just off the House floor. Young told Politico Boehner's account is mostly true. I know that there is... 79 letters that you just sent to people in that, that wolf deal. How many of you got wolves in your district? None. None. Not one. 79 people sent a letter concerning your deer herd and elk herd and want to say, don't delist. And by the way, thank you. Delist the gray wolf. The gray wolf, in fact, <laughs> is a predator which is killing the cloverleaf animals. And we got 79 congressmen sending you a letter. Haven't got a damn wolf in your whole district. I'd like to introduce them in your district. I'd introduce you in your district, you wouldn't have a homeless problem anymore. I yield back. When I watch lives die of my American natives, because someone has an ecosystem that won't be affected by this road at all, is wrong. The idea that these are gonna, the area is going to be disturbed is nonsense. It's pure BS that comes out of these interest groups, these environmental groups. There's 150 miles of road on this refuge already. There are 11 lodges there that hunt birds on this refuge. We're talking about an 11-mile road is nowhere as near the lagoons or the eelgrass. It's going to save lives. Now, the day that this Congress will take and love a goose that's not going to be harmed over a human life, shame on you. I'm not going to tolerate that. You want to kill people, go out and kill them. But don't do it because you're being stupid. Are you back? Um, but he was also, he was warm, engaging, he was charming. But most of all, he was passionate. He was a passionate man about Alaska and Alaskans to his very core. This could be a good bill, Madam Chairman, Madam Ranking Member, but there's some provisions that shouldn't be in it. They were put in it. One is ANWR, which we passed this house 13 times with help of both sides, opening the Arctic Wildlife Range. There is a provision here to, to prohibit, prohibit that. There's also a provision not to, to repeal the roadless area in the Tongass National Forest. And there's a provision about not allowing the state of Alaska to control the fishing and hunting rights of the state of Alaska on federal lands as it is now. You know, I, I resent it to allow other members of Congress come into your district or my district and tell us how we should represent them. This is not the way to do business. This is the house of the people 
as representatives of the people, duly elected from each constituent. Everyone that I know of in my state, the majority that I wouldn't be elected, opposes these writers and this, these amendments. But for some reason, there's a group that say, oh, we know better than the people, the congressmen. We know what's best for us, and it's not their district. The Tongas, for instance, is an area of 16 million acres of land, prohibiting harvesting of timber or access to because the roadless definition of the Obama administration is wrong. We've harvested less than 400 acres, that whole total 16 million acres of land. We're not asking to harvest that, but we want access from communities and other parts of our state lands within that forest lands. But this provision, this writer, would preclude that. That's not representation from a Congress of the people. I've watched this body now in 48 years dissolve into, I call, an adversarial position on both sides by label, R.D. That's not representation. These writers shouldn't be in here. These amendments should not be accepted if you believe in the House of Congress for the people of America. If you don't believe that, maybe we ought to set up a different system. These should not be in this bill. The bill overall is not a bad bill. I think it's pretty good. In fact, there's some good things in there for Alaska. But you had to let these little mice come into the barn and eat the grain and leave residue behind. I'm making a suggestion. When you write these bills, be very careful what you allow to be put in the bills that don't apply to the bill. In fact, our personal interest, not only from the members of those congressmen that submitted them, wrong to the state of Alaska. With that, I yield back. And he was loyal. He was loyal and devoted to his family, to his friends, to his staff who served him, and loyal to the people that he loves so dearly. So we, we think about Don as, as forever being Alaska, but Don's life didn't begin in Alaska. He grew up in California working on his family farm. His father would read Jack London to him at night, and uh, that inspired him later on to head north. He served in the Army with the 41st Tank Battalion, and then after graduating from Chico State College, he answered the call of the wild. He eventually made his way north to the village of Fort Yukon, just above the Arctic Circle. And he tried his hand at just about, about everything. He was into construction. He was into mining. He taught at a BIA school in the winter. He was a tugboat captain in, in the spring and the summer. He hunted. He fished. He trapped. He, he took well to Alaska and Alaska took well to him. By then, Don had fallen in love with Alaska, and he was also head over heels for his first wife, Lou, who was a bookkeeper from a respected Gwich'in family. They married in 1963. He was elected mayor of Fort Yukon the next year, uh, didn't spend much time as mayor, moved on to the House of Representatives, the Alaska State House of Representatives, and then in our state senate. But where he, would, where he would really make his mark was at the federal level as a member of the House of Representatives, which he joined in 1973. 
And initially it didn't start out so well. He lost the election in 1972 to Nick Begich, uh, only to win it in a special election in March of 1973 after Congressman Begich went missing after an airplane accident. Nick Begich was a friend of mine. He was a liberal Democrat. I, I felt bad because he was flying. He shouldn't have been flying with the pilot he was flying with. He shouldn't have been flying, period. And he took off, and we never found him. He still beat me, uh, which is sort of humiliating, but he beat me. You know, what are the chances of me being ever elected? Very little, because I'm a remote Traffer riverboat captain and ended up in Congress, and it's been a, a, a very interesting ride. But once, once in office, Don Young never stopped winning for Alaska. In his first year in office, Congressman Young helped authorize the Trans-Alaska Pipeline, which has been the economic backbone of our state ever since. Not long after, his colleagues chose him as their freshman Congressman of the Year. There are so many, many legislative accomplishments over the course of the Congressman's life. Too many to list here, but just to highlight a few. In addition to the pipeline authorization, he helped establish the 200-mile fishing limit and contributed to the Magnuson-Stevens Act, which has allowed Alaska to maintain its world-class fisheries. He wrote the National Wildlife System Improvement, Refuge System Improvement Act, which guides the use of millions of acres of those lands. Congressman Young passed legislation to open a small part of the non-wilderness 1002 area in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. And he did this a dozen times before we steered it into law in 2017. And believe me, Congressman Young reminded me every time how many times he had actually got it across the finish line in the House. But Don never, ever gave up. And given the way of the world now, his commitment to energy security should be more appreciated than ever. He enacted important measures as chairman of the Resources Committee and a landmark transportation bill, Safety Lou, as chairman of the Transportation and Infrastructure Committee. And he was a strong, strong champion for Alaska Native and Native Americans. Administration. I'm unhappy with the secretary. I think you guys have really dropped the ball, not only this legislation, but all the way through uh, this administration when it comes to the Department of Interior, especially when it comes to American Natives and Alaska Natives. You say you have to do more work. 36 years, and you've been sitting on your thumbs. 36 years. You don't know how many acres that Sea uh, Alaska has coming. They'll tell me how much. I know the number. You should know it. It still hasn't been transferred then. If my bill doesn't pass, what they will do is select old growth timber. What they want to do is select new growth with roads, not old growth, which solves a lot of our problems. But the Interior Department apparently doesn't take that in consideration. And by the way, the Forest Service may have some questions about this, but they should be the lead agency, not you. And I, Mr. Chairman, like I say, I, I'm, 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 I read this testimony. This is 35 years old. You still don't have the answers. That's not good. Everything is I oppose, I oppose, and they oppose the, the original claims. In fact, as President Nixon was going to veto the Native Land Claims Act itself because people opposed, the agency opposed it. 
I go through the history of this, and every time I come to one of these hearings, the agencies oppose anything that's beneficial and is helpful to the Native people that where you should have done the job. Not you personally, but the agency. You haven't done it. To the Native people of North Slope of Alaska, whales mean food. Alaska Natives have harvested whales for centuries, and they continue to do so. And although they have taken whales for centuries and depend on the bowhead whale to survive, they have constantly defend their need and their cultural heritage. And I want to compliment my Alaska natives on the North Slope. They were told there was only 500 whales left when they were put on the endangered species list. They did not believe that. They hired the best professors, the best scientists in the world. And in fact, find out there's over 15,000 bowhead whales just to prove the point that the science was wrong. And to the native people of the North Slope of Alaska, whales mean food. This is not an issue of politics to them. They have done everything the IWC has ever asked them, and they still get their quota taken away from them because people think using the whaling issue is good for fundraising. The Alaskan Eskimo Whaling Commission has done more scientific research on bowhead whale than any other government has ever done on any whale species. Every time the quota is up for renewal at the IWC, someone comes up with a new theory on why Alaskans should not be allowed to take the number of whales they need. And again, I'll say need. Their quota is based on their need for whales is food. I can't say that enough, for food. To them, the whale is a necessary part of their culture and a necessary part of their dietary needs. And every time their quota is up, someone comes along and puts another hurdle in front of them that they must meet to get their quota. Mr. Speaker, the International Winning Commission is broken. There are two groups of countries that show up each meeting and fight about which of them has the moral high ground. There are those countries that are anti-whaling and those countries that are pro-whaling. The two sides have been at arms race for years to see which side can get more countries to join the IWC so they can have a simple majority and can pass a meaningless resolution before the other side gets a majority and passes meaningless resolutions to support their point of view. Neither side is ever likely to get enough countries on their side to, take, to make any change in the convention because it takes a three-fourths vote. And while they're having this fight about which side has the moral high grain, they use the native people who rely on whales for food as political hostages. At the 2002 meeting in Japan, the Alaskan Eskimo Whaling Commission quota was denied because of those policies. It took a special meeting at IWC to restore the quota to my constituents. This is not a matter to be taken lightly and cannot continue. Alaska's quota cannot be held hostage every five years for other countries' political whims. It cannot be held to a higher standard required to do more and more to satisfy someone's new theory about the bowhead whale that might mean a change for the Alaskan quota. Don was pretty independent. He was independent in his thinking. He was not afraid to, to vote his conscience to help Alaska. Um, just, just before... He left uh, Washington, D.C. this past week. He was involved in the reauthorization of the Violence Against Women Act and had helped considerably with the tribal title in that act. I also credit him, seriously credit him, for garnering enough Republican votes in the House last year to ensure that the bipartisan infrastructure bill could finally move across the finish line. He knew that that measure was good for Alaska. And he said, not only am I going to give my vote, but I'm going to work to make sure that we have the votes over here to sign this into law. 
there's a, a lot of stories on this in this body about our former senator, Senator Stevens, being legendary, pretty tenacious in his pursuit of federal dollars to help build Alaska. But just know that Congressman Young was right there every step of the way, making sure that Alaskans received what, what we consider to be our fair share. Hello, I'm Congressman Don Young, and this is the fifth annual Ted Stevens Day, July 25th, 2015. Of course, the theme is get out and play. And God bless you that live in Alaska. Now, Ted feels the same way about it. Too many of us stay inside the houses in the summertime, but he believed in getting out. Ted and I were good friends and worked together. We were a team together. And he always believed in fishing and going hunting once in a while, getting together with friends and participating in the great Alaska. And a lot of Alaskans get so wrapped up in their jobs, including myself, that we forget the beauty of Alaska. We forget the great days. Yes, some of the warm days, and yes, the wet days. But the days we have, the beauty we have, the mountains we have, the wildlife we see. And Ted believed in that. He was one that supported a lot of uh, uh, great outdoor events, uh, especially the women athletes. He was very, very important to that. But most of all, he just wanted to get out like he did. And unfortunately, as you know, we lost Ted. He was doing what he wanted to do. He just uh, finished catching a lot of fish, uh, drinking some good red wine, and uh, we lost him. But he wanted Alaskans to enjoy Alaska. We watched him build this state of Alaska. Uh, we keep, you know, every time I go around Alaska, I see things that he was able to do. So this is a time of, for me, a little sadness because I miss him, uh, but also of great joy because he helped build Alaska and he wanted Alaskans to enjoy it too. So get out and play. Get out and enjoy Alaska. Get out and be a real Alaskans. And God bless you, Ted. God bless all of you who watch this. Just let everybody understand it. God did it. It's great. Let's enjoy it. On December 5th of 2017, Alaskans were just, just filled with pride for Congressman Young when he became the 45th Dean of the House as its most senior member. At the time, I gave him a little gift. It was a, it was a star designated in his name um, you can actually get a certificate that says this star up there is designated to you. But it, it was, was given um, as a sentiment reflecting his stature as the North Star of our delegation and our northern state. But when you think about, when you think about this remarkable journey that Don Young had, from teaching fifth graders in Alaska, running dog teams, guiding barges along the Yukon River, to becoming the longest serving Republican member of Congress of all time, of all time, and the most senior member of the House of Representatives. For all, all that Congressman Young accomplished, for all that he did for Alaska, you have to know, this was no easy task. This was no easy task. For 49 years, he stood alone in the House of Representatives as the sole voice for Alaska. We only have one congressman for all Alaska. Only seven states have just one congressman. And of course, Alaska is further away from Washington, D.C., than all of those states, bigger than all of them combined. 
And our vast amount of federal acreage means that we have more issues and perhaps more complicated issues that have to be addressed as well. But none, none of that mattered to Don Young. He took the long trips back home in stride. He would use his time on the plane to meet people, to talk to them, um, to just have conversation, try to understand their priorities and concerns. But he was, he was making friends. And he did the same here in Washington. He worked tirelessly here to build relationships, build alliances that would, would help him help Alaska, help address our state's challenges. And it wasn't as if he was seeking out bipartisan relationships necessarily. Don was just the kind of guy who would make friends. It's a funny thing. I could probably name those I didn't enjoy working with, uh, but even then, it was always aimable. I always tell everybody what it's, the real cookie is, and some people object to that, but overall, I try to work with everybody, and, and everybody knows that. I uh, just laid to rest one of my dear friends, John Dingell, supposedly the greatest chairman in Congress, a long-serving Democrat, and he and I worked together because we hunted together. The record shows that Congressman Young was one of the top legislators of our time. He was the primary sponsor of 123 bills that became law. You go over to his office and you will see pictures on the wall of 10 different presidents that signed into law different measures that Don had participated in. And again, recall Don Young was one of 435 voting members of the House and the only one there to represent Alaska. And he was repeatedly named one of his chamber's most effective members. And Don Young was old school because his relationships really ran on both sides of the aisle, starting with Speaker Pelosi, Leader McCarthy, spanning the spectrum of all who would work with him. As of today, Don has represented Alaska for 46 years, over 75% of the entire time it's been a state. His career is an important reminder of how young this wonderful experience we call America truly is. They lied to me during freshman orientation. They told me nobody has an assigned seat in this house. That's how I got to know Don Young. I made the mistake of coming in and sitting down right over by that door. I also learned another valuable lesson. Don keeps a knife. I do have a reserve chair, and it's, it's, I, I have to tell you, this last election, it was interesting. Renee, I can't think of her last name, nice-looking blonde congresswoman, sat in my chair. And... Uh, Someone said, I would not sit there if I were you. And about that time, I said, ma'am, all due respects, you're in my chair. And I never forget the look at her face like, who in the hell are you? I said, I'm not, I'm not kidding. It is my chair. And so she got up. And so people don't sit in my chair. Now, the reason I did that, I started this about 15 years ago, um, is I can sit there and watch the house floor instead of walking around all the time. And when you're walking around chitter-chatting and everything else, you don't really see what's going on. 
And I can tell you, watching different groups get together, Democrats and Republicans, once you want to talk together, and just about maybe figure out what they're talking about and what the strategy is going to go on. <clears throat> and it, it gives you, and they know where I am. So if someone wants to talk to me or see me, they'll come up to me. And that makes it a little bit different, and I, I enjoy that aspect of it. I ask the Dean of the House of Representatives, the Honorable Don Young of Alaska, to administer the oath of office. Mr. Dean? Madam Speaker, before I issue the oath, I'd like to take privilege of the floor as the dean. And I've been in this house longer than anybody else. I've served with you longer than anybody else has served with you. I love this institution. I will be honest, I do not like what I see. It's time we hold hands and talk to one another. Madam Speaker, I say this with all sincerity, you will be the Speaker of the House, not of a party. That may hurt some of you. The job of our nation is for the House of Representatives to govern this nation. It was never meant to be the executive branch. It was never meant to be the judicial branch. It's this House that raises the money and dedicates how it shall spend, and we are representing the people as we're elected. And I say this with all sincerity, Madam Speaker, that when you do have a problem or if there's something so contentious, let's sit down and have a drink. <laughs> And solve those problems for the good of this nation, for this institution, and as you said, for the future children of this great nation. We can do it as a body. I ask you that as the dean to the new speaker. I ask you to try to attempt to do that with our leader. We can do it together. And as had that, I'll yield back the balance of my time. Now I'm going to swear you in. If the gentlewoman from California would please raise her right hand. And he really did work tirelessly to do what was right for Alaska, because at the end of the day, that's all he cared about. And he was pretty open about that. Being a congressman for Alaska requires every last bit of you. It requires tremendous sacrifice from you and your family. If you don't trust that, if you doubt that, just ask, just ask Ann Walton Young. Since they married in 2015, she has been by his side literally every day, in the office, traveling with him. She knows, she knows the work ethic of this man. She knows the heart of this man, and she knows how hard he worked for all of Alaska. But from his first day through his last day, 49 years and 13 days, Don Young gave it his all. 
and as a true man of his people, he was just the right Alaskan to serve in the people's chamber. Senator Sullivan and I are going to have a lot more to say about our dear friend, our partner, our, our team leader in the coming days and weeks. We will have a number of occasions to honor his life and legacy, including on March 29th when he will lie in state in Statuary Hall for a well-deserved tribute. For today, however, our reality is that for the first time in 49 years, Alaska does not have a congressman in the House of Representatives. For the first time in 49 years, Alaska does not have Don Young there to defend, to advocate, and to legislate on our behalf. And I'm heartbroken. And so are countless Alaskans and individuals across the country whose lives happen to intersect with this legendary legislator. On Saturday morning, I got a text from a former staffer he left years ago, young man, and he said in his text, he says, Don Young was the only congressman for all of Alaska, for all of my life. I will miss him. We have lost a giant who we loved dearly and who held Alaska in his heart always. We thank him for everything he did for us to build our state and fulfill so much of our promise. We owe his family, his wife Anne, his daughters, Joni, and sister, a debt of gratitude for sharing him with us for so long. Together with them, we mourn for our late congressman, Alaska's champion, and our dear friend, Don Young. Address the house for a minute. The gentleman is recognized. <laughs> That's right, you got it right. Uh, first, let me thank the speaker and the majority minority leader uh, for their introductions. And I've been in this house 45 years with nine speakers, nine presidents. I've been in this house with 2,000 members that are left. Uh, I love this body. And I can suggest one thing. My greatest honor has been able to achieve results for my state. I am only congressman from a whole state of Alaska, and I love it. It's my responsibility to represent the state and this house as a single person to do the job I've been asked to do. One of the things that I have enjoyed is um, the friendships. I don't think there's an enemy in the house. I worked across the aisle. Jimmy Oberstar and I never had an adversarial vote at any one time on the Transportation Committee. Now, when George Miller was the minority member, we had a lot of arguments and a lot of disagreements, but we hunted together uh, and we ate together. I believe in bipartisanship. I believe in this body to lead this nation, 
nine presidents, the House has its job to do regardless of who the president is. I want to thank my wife who's in the audience up there on the galley. Give her a hand. Man gets lucky usually once in his life. I got lucky twice. My past wife was with me for 46 and a half years. This new wife of mine has been with me about eight years now. And uh, I want the state to pay her because she keeps me alive and she likes what I do. So I want to thank my colleagues. Now, I will not change being the dean. I will still holler, but I will sometimes get out of line. (laughs) But in doing so, remember, it comes from my heart. And my heart is in this house. Thank you very much. Just thank you and enjoy your summer, Alaskans. And uh, the winter's been good, and uh, I, I look forward to every sunrise and, and sunset. Uh, both of them are beautiful, and it's blessed when you have a loved one you can wake up in the morning to and go to sleep with. And I guess I'm allowed to say that nowadays, but that's what I did say. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Bridging the Political Gap. If you've liked what you've heard, please share it. And we would love to hear from you and your thoughts on on our show. So if you'd like to, please leave a review wherever you get your podcast. And until next time, thanks again and so long for now.